Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin A.C., Padres beat writer. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. He joins me. Jay, Padres, I know you want to talk about the momentum. So, I mean, we can start there if you'd like. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to let you know we're in for a little fight if you want to go down the momentum trail. Uh, but, but you know what? One of the more underreported things is, like, and of course, this is how you build a 19-10 and 10 record. But they most often lose a game and they don't lose another one and they haven't lost more than two in a row i mean we're we're nitpicking and that actually must feel or i hope fans are allowing that to um, make them feel good that you're nitpicking about a 19 and 10 team versus the team that's usually out of it by now right i mean we could uh, why don't we start with that i mean they are they are 19 and 10 whatever (laughs) else whatever else has happened and whatever else we've talked about in terms of of negatives, they are 19 and 10. They they have not played the best teams in baseball, but they've played major league teams and they have won 19 times and lost only 10. And you know, look, three of those games we've talked have been what we called crushing defeats, where they sh- you know you say, wow, they had that game, but then you look at yesterday, that's a game you don't expect at the end to win. So they, in the end, you hope you have more of those yesterday type games than you do of the of the crushing of variety but i think you have to look at the big picture which is they're 19 and 10 they are i think tied for the third best record in the national league if i'm not mistaken behind the dodgers and the just behind the mets and i think tied with the brewers so at this point you know they are a playoff team which is what everybody what, what everybody wants to see six five months from now um that said, we should talk about the weekend. Um, we talked on Friday. They had a big win on Thursday. After that game, we said, what are they going to do Friday night if they get into a situation where they need you know, to protect a lead in the eighth and ninth inning? And I, I was not in town over the weekend. I had the great luck of deciding to go to the LA Kings-Edmonton Oilers series on the night when the Kings lost 8-2. to two. Uh, as opposed to the to last night when I watched on TV as they won. So I missed a Padre game on Friday. And then, of course, that also meant I missed yesterday's game. But that's that's my problem. Friday night, though, here it came, eighth inning, Robert Suarez, right? Yep. Came in, pitched well. <clears throat> Ninth inning, Stephen Wilson. Maybe not as well, but he got out of it. They protected the lead. Saturday was a disaster. We said they were going up against a tough pitcher who was obviously very tough. I didn't see any of the game. Yesterday, again, facing a guy who has been good in the past, but not good this year, Trevor Rogers. their scoreless streak got to 20 innings, I believe, uh, over the weekend. But somehow, some way, they came up with this miracle finish yesterday. But they got a win. And look, the guys contributed. C.J. Abrams came off the bench, got a hit. Jorge Alfaro came off the bench, got a big home run. Man, that was a long home run. Um, oh. You don't see many balls go go that deep into the visiting bullpen at Petco. I don't care if it was day, night, whatever. That that ball was killed. Four hundred and forty nine um, feet didn't even have. I don't. I know that Robert that that Jorge Alfaro did not see it land because he he just knew he was looking at the dugout. I mean, oh, it, it was just incredible. I mean, I don't think Cole Sulcer saw it land either. No, he was no. walking. He was walking to the dugout. I mean, he, by the time it landed, he was in the dugout. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean that that you can tell 
and 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 sometimes be watching a game and and I'll say no he didn't get that or he got it and you know and my wife will say how did you know that I said watch the reaction of the pitcher sometimes or the batter they know when a ball is is crushed now obviously last yesterday that wasn't much mystery uh to that one but th- that's a big that's a big hit for the Padres at a time where they really needed a big hit and yeah. <clears throat> but it's one hit it's one game it's one win, and just like the crushing defeat on Wednesday didn't define what happened Thursday with the Padres, yesterday's game doesn't in any way portend what's going to happen tonight against the Cubs. And by the way, who pitched the final two innings yesterday? Robert Suarez, who before this weekend, we would say, man, this guy's really good when the pressure's not on. He's new to the big leagues. The Padres right. were, you know, kind of both concerned and using that as a kind of an excuse for for him that hey new to the big leagues and, and he's pressing a little bit in those situations well I mean they don't win those two games without Robert Suarez doing his work over three and it's and it does show how everything changes and you know it's easy to judge guys and we've talked for years and years about how you know Twitter and social media and even podcasts like this are the probably the worst thing that's happened baseball is 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 not the sport for these kind of things and it's a per- this weekend's a perfect example. You know, Robert Suarez going into the weekend, it's like, man, this guy is terrible. He can't pitch under pressure at all. And he has two tremendous outings. You know, Jorge Alfaro is a strikeout machine. He comes up and hits a 449-foot home run to win a game. You know, C.J. Abrams can't get a hit. He gets a hit at a clutch time. It is such a long season, and there are so many ups and downs that that happened from you know at bat to at bat and appearance to appearance and it's easy to get caught up in them but it's so easy for guys to turn it around in a hurry or have it turn around on them in a hurry and I think Suarez is a perfect example of a guy who you know at least for the weekend he put it together and you're right they don't win the game yesterday uh if he doesn't if he doesn't keep that game at two nothing so so to, but still Looking at the big picture, I'll sum it up this way. I had a story written that was full of incredible stats about they're not scoring and they're not hitting, and it was done and ready to send. As a matter of fact, I was worried that I accidentally sent it because I was so certain (laughs) that at this point, the way they were playing, that that they were not going to uh, score. And you go downstairs, and this, I mean, Jorge Alfaro, if you didn't read it, either my story, Bryce's column, uh, the newsletter, whatever, the story about his mom, and he's telling her, you know, he calls her, she thanks him for the flowers. She's in Columbia. She watches every game. He's not playing, starting. Oh, it's okay. You're going to hit a home run. You be ready. Mom, that's really (laughs) hard to do. It's a great story. Jorge Alfaro is a charismatic, great guy. His teammates love him. They put the swag chain on him. The music's blaring in your light. And Bob Melvin is, who's been, quite honestly, uh, a little frustrated, right? Like anybody would be who pours their life into this. And yesterday, there was a you know a lightness to him and and you go and you sort of forget how you were gonna just basically rip the crap out of him in your story <laughs> but you then you've got to step back and go it's still a reality this team scored eight runs in four games and it's been right. a season long thing and so that's the reality big picture now good news for them the nine and eighteen 
what is it, five straight losses, Cubs come into town. They're hurting. Four, um, yeah, 14 of 17 they've lost. The Marcus Stroman was supposed to pitch against the Padres because I'll tell you this. I, I said it last year and, and 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 again this year, I think the Marlins do have good pitchers. Now, yep. the Padres are struggling offensively. The Marlins have good pitchers. Um, you know, if we're going to face Marcus Stroman, that's a different story. You're facing Kyle Hendricks tonight. I don't know who the next two guys are. I think they're calling up at least one guy to start. Yeah, they're uh, they're having it. They're having issues with their uh, with the staff right now, and <clears throat> excuse me, don't have any anybody named for the next couple of days. Um, Kyle Hendricks has not been great this year. He's been terrible on the road, but he's been pretty good against the Padres They've in recent struggled. years. Some of those guys, I haven't looked at the, you know, batter by batter numbers. I know that Jeff Sanders will have those up later, but it seems like they've struggled. Some of these guys have struggled quite a bit against him. And let's face it, they're struggling against everybody um, right now. You know, maybe Cole Sulcer aside yesterday for, you know, for an inning. But you, you can't say that, oh, well, that guy's pitching against the Padres and he's terrible. Because and so the Padres are going to hit him because right now you can't count on the Padres hitting against anybody. Uh, it doesn't mean they won't. I mean right. that's the thing. You know whatever has happened, the fact the Cubs have lost fourteen of seventeen doesn't mean they can't come in here and play well. The Padres have another advantage. The Cubs had to play. I, I always think baseball <laughs> baseball doesn't wow. care at all about wow. these guys or about fairness or anything. But you know for the Cubs to have to play the late game last night. Uh, it's not as bad flying, you know, east to west as it is for a West Coast team having to do that. But still, the Cubs finishing that game at probably, I don't know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, getting on a plane at midnight or whatever, getting into San Diego in the middle of the night. Um, so there's another, you know, potential advantage. But look, the Padres have done that too. They got off of, had a late night arrival in San Diego last week after the Cleveland game and won the next game. So all these things you can't count on all we can say is right now the Cubs aren't very good Padres offense isn't very good but most of the Padre pitchers especially the ones that start the games and tonight's starter Mackenzie Gore is one of them they are pretty good and that gives the Padres a chance every time they go out there um all these guys with their their quality starts like I I didn't know that this could happen with the Padres I guess it probably did back in the day you know but uh 17 that's four more than any other team and I don't know Jay like would you rather have this or would you rather the Padres you know were scoring eight runs a game but allowing six same record but they're winning every game eight to six but you're going oh damn can they keep this up I think in the long in the long run We've both seen a lot of baseball games. In the long run, you're better off having good pitching. And especially the way the Major League Baseball has sort of designed the game for right now. Um, I love, sorry. Right. No, I know. I know that you want to have good pitching right now. Offense is down everywhere. But in the long run in baseball, it's been proven. You're going to win with good pitching. And that's where the Padres are. And that's why the, the bullpen has been a concern because there are, you know, you need to have good pitching all the way through, especially if you're not going to hit. Um, but the Padres have six good starters right now. Um, and, you know, a seventh is apparently, you know, will be on the way shortly, at least one with a, you know, with a good track record. So it's a, it's a good problem to have. We talked about it last week, um, but they are going to go through the rotation this week with Gore and Clevenger and Martinez pitching Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday 
against the Cubs. And all those guys are coming off of, of good starts. Clevin, I'm not surprised Clevenger gets the extra day um, with him and Gore both pitching on, on Wednesday. And I, not a surprise at all that Clevenger would, would be the guy to wait uh, until Tuesday. And looking forward to what seeing what he does in his second second starting, a second start off of, you know, the long layoff. Yeah, absolutely. And Gore, I think the only guy without, well, Clevenger obviously with the one start, but Gore's the only guy who hasn't gone uh, the six innings. Um, right. So, right. I mean, Martinez went seven his, his last start, and that yeah. was kind of the, like, that's the best version of, of Nick Martinez. Uh, just mixing pitches like that. That that was fantastic. Um, Sean Manaya, gosh, is Sean Manaya the guy who would say, that uh, has been as shaky as anyone on the, on the staff right, right. now. And, and that's a guy who has five quality starts. He went uh, six innings, gave up three runs. It's It's been a few like that. Other guys, when we say quality start, we're talking you, Darvish, six innings, one run, six innings, two runs. What Joe Musgrove is doing is, I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember when Joe Musgrove was a number three pitcher. I mean, Bro. he's <laughs> – Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think the Padres have – I mean, it's hard to say they have a number one or two or whatever pitcher. I mean, I think right now Darvish and Musgrove would be one, two. I think he'd probably – I don't even know what order you'd put him in at this point. I, I still think – I mean, Darvish has really only had one bad outing. Yes. And his, his numbers are skewed by because it was so bad. Yeah. And he gave up – you know, he gave up so many runs that it's it's sort of still skewing his numbers. But other than that, he's he's been fantastic. And Musgrove's been excellent throughout uh, throughout the season. And and so those guys that they'll have pitching this weekend, along with Manaya, when uh, when they go off to Atlanta for uh, for the start of a road trip. But but I think you know getting back to to what we what we were talking about and and the pitching, I, I don't know. I mean, are, are guys like Gore and Martin still pitching for a spot or? It, it seems like there's almost no spot to be had right now because once Snell comes back, you're really only going to have those five guys. I, I don't know. Has anything changed over the that was also, that, that was regard? always a shaky or 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 um, a tenuous or, or temporary uh, premise anyway, right? Like right. it was only going to last for so long. It's like Nick Martinez said, those guys have track records. Talking about Clevenger and and Snell, you you give them their spots. My question is later, like if one of them is struggling and you have yeah. and Nick Martinez goes out in this start and he goes seven innings, uh, you know what are you doing? And and so I still have this thing like it'll play out, but maybe with the way that things are going for the Padres, they won't struggle and they'll will have to make a very difficult decision. I don't think and this is based on just logic, but also talking with people. I don't think it's it's really a decision. Mackenzie Gore is the guy with options. Mackenzie Gore right. is the guy who will have something of an innings limit and has been up virtually all season. Um, and so there's one decision. But then Snell comes back. You have off days. Um, at least you have a couple. And so you're just not going to have Darvish, Manaya, and Musgrove going six off days between starts for long. Right. Now, that said, after the off day in Philadelphia – I believe nine straight day off, 13 straight day off, 18 and 17. So then you can go back to a six-man rotation at least sporadically, right? Right. Or so, at least do a piggyback type like thing think, we talked about with that yeah. sort of that sort of thing. And or I don't know that it's this or, huge it will be interesting. I'm fascinated yeah. by it. I mean, sure. wow, this is what like the Dodgers have had to do for for a, a few years, right? Like yeah. uh kind of fit in all these good pitchers. I'm fascinated by it, but I don't know that it's that big a deal um, that, 
Yes. It's, it's almost it's an like issue. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, like I said, it's it's fascinating. But I think <laughs> that it will work out and we, we don't need to fret on it. Say in the same way we need to fret about Luke Voigt and Will Myers and an outfield that's hitting 165. Right. I was just going to get to that. I was going to mention that it, Nick Martinez to me is almost going into like the Tony Gonsolin role where, you know, is he going to, is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a guy that comes in in the fifth inning? Is he not going to pitch for 10 days? But it always seems like Tony Gonsolin shows up and pitches well somewhere. So okay. maybe that's where, maybe that's where Martinez is. But yeah, yeah I was going to segue, I was going to segue into the offense as well because we can't get past the fact that, as you said, they've scored they scored eight runs over the weekend. However good the Marlins are, they still scored eight runs. Three of them came on the one swing yesterday, and until then, we're talking about wow, this you know they were an out away from us coming on and saying this team hasn't scored in twenty one innings. So now they've scored in one of twenty one innings. Uh, I'm not sure that that doesn't change a whole lot that's that's going on. Uh, Matt Beatty got hurt over the weekend, so he'll be he'll he'll be on the injured list, I presume, but. I mean, he's just one guy that's not hitting. How long can Machado and Hosmer be the only guys that are really hitting? I mean, I know a couple guys are getting on base, okay, but the bottom line is they're still in this position where they have almost nobody hitting. You hope that Myers and Voigt would come back and do something. Voigt certainly did not inspire any confidence with his uh, rehab assignment in El Paso, but I think – you wrote today in the newsletter, was it? Did I, I read a lot of stuff, but I think it was in the newsletter. Like he might be activated today anyway, just because what else are they going <laughs> to? I mean, how, what else are they going to do? Right? It wasn't the plan, but then, but that then Matt Beatty got hurt, and I just still don't know if it's the plan now. Mm-hmm. But uh, Luke Voigt is in town. He was supposed to kind of get some at bats, you know, against some pitching, and and but we'll see. Who else are you going to call up? Here's the thing about it is some of this was expected, right? Like we can say, what the heck is the matter with Jake Cronenworth, who, by the way, has a 14 game on base streak. Um, but it's kind of a, you know, I think he's hitting 250 in it with a, like a 320 right. on base. Um, whereas like Manny's in his 17 or 18 games is hitting 520. Uh, but um, <laughs> we can say, what the heck's the matter with uh, Cronenworth? What's the matter with Trent Grisham? Um, but like, Yesterday, you get to the bottom of the lineup and, it, you know, you got Thompson and Azakar in there. What were you expecting? I mean, yeah. well, Jose Azakar has been a fantastic player for what he was supposed to be. But I don't know that we expected to see him this much or in the starting lineup, or, you know, needing big hits out of him. C.J. Abrams, they still believe is going to be an all-star. Not supposed to be here now. There's, there's some of it where, like, well, what did we expect exactly? And, you know, Tatis is out and all that. But, man, the worst hitting outfield in the majors, not going to shock anybody. But I right. you know, looked it up anyway. Well, with I mean, obviously you're expecting a lot out of Myers and Voigt, and they haven't, you know, they have not produced at all. So I think that's where you end up. And then they get hurt. So that's where you end up with guys like Azokar and Thompson, uh, and even Beatty having to play regularly, although at the start of the year, we kind of thought Beatty would play a lot along with Profar. Profar's hot start sort of cemented him into the lineup, although he hasn't done all that much recently to stay there other than be on a team where there aren't any other options. <laughs> so he's in that sense, he's in a good he's in a good spot. I mean, you know, Grisham's been terrible pretty much the entire season. 
Cronenworth's been below what you would what you would expect. Austin Nola remains below what you would expect. There's just not, you know, Hosmer's been above what you would expect. Machado's been amazing. You could say they have three starters out, Tatis and Voigt and Myers. Two of those guys weren't doing anything to begin with, but doesn't mean they wouldn't have, have come around. At least have but, a home run between them. Yeah, right. Maybe somebody, yeah, you you run in you run into one like Alfaro uh has done twice, by the way, in like 50 at bats. So um I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I, I don't know. It's easy as we've talked about before, it's easy to say they gotta make changes, but who's out there? And honestly, do I trust AJ Preller to bring in a guy who's gonna hit? Based on the guys that AJ Crowers brought in here previously that were supposed to hit, because yeah. so far, outside of Cronenworth, who really wasn't there, wasn't much expected of him. You know, go down the list of of people that he's that he's brought in that were that were going to hit. Who have we seen hit? So uh, that doesn't mean he shouldn't be trying to get a bat. But right. uh, I'm going to really be on the on the show me side of things where where that's concerned because all the guys that he's pretty much everybody that he's brought in uh, as a, as an answer to the, to an offensive problem so far, has just added to the problem. One thing they have on their side. Well, two things, 19 and 10 um, and Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's a pretty big one, right? (laughs) Um, So, but it's several, but it's still five or six weeks away. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of games in that span. Absolutely. But that's also two months before the, um, before the trade deadline. I mean, you know, like, like if you were going to make a trade in June, that's yeah. generally pretty early to make a trade. Sure. So yeah. but no, look, I'm not saying don't, I would then also say, and I think we've been down this road before. How are you getting that bat? Like, how are you getting that sure. bat that, you know, not like, Oh, maybe that, you know, not a Luke Voigt who look, I still think could get 20 homers, but like, not that guy, a guy you know because you're giving up something. So how are you? What, is someone taking Nick Martinez at six and a half mil for four years? Uh, is someone taking Denelson Lamette? I mean, right. we could talk about Denelson Lamette being talked about in trade talks. Who the heck is taking him? Exactly. Um, at this at this point. So and it's certainly in terms of for a bat that is proven. Uh so what is well, it you're the, doing? Well, the question then becomes: okay, you have these starting pitchers. Are you willing to give up exactly. one of your top top starting pitchers? Not Nick Martinez, as you said. Is at, it Sean he's making, and not Mackenzie Gore, who you have who have you have under Who's control future? for the future. So, who are you giving up to get this bat? Even if you knew it was a proven bat, are you going to risk giving up one of these starting pitchers like Sean Manaya? Or and I don't think Blake Snell has a whole lot of trade value either. If Blake this, Snell comes back stage. and pitches like he did at the end of last season, oh yeah, then we're still talking about that timeline of Tatis, right? We're talking five or six starts. For yeah, that. you're down. You're down the right. You're not. If you were to say make a trade right now, right? Who has value in in the rotation? Musk, Musgrove, obviously, um, and Manaya and Darvish. Are you going to trade one of those guys? And at, which at one of these teams that has a player willing that that um, the Padres would want that is almost a guaranteed bat mm-hmm. wants Sean Manaya, who's a free agent, Joe yep. Musgrove, who's a free agent. I mean, these are these are just not trades that make sense. And that's not to say they're not trying or that they won't do it. It's yeah. just this. It's it's very tempting and easy for all of us to be like, oh, trade from their surplus, get into the weeds, and it's not easy at all. 
No, I, I agree. And Nor am I personally thinking it's necessarily a great idea, given that the reason that they are 19 and 10 is all this pitching. Yeah, and I mean, I, what we saw last year. That, I was just going to say, we know at some point this season that the Padres are going to need all seven of those starting pitchers. That doesn't mean you couldn't maybe give up one of them, but the one that the one that you say you want to give up doesn't have the value that you probably think that it does. There just aren't a lot of guys in this rotation who are going to bring you that much in trade. And the, the one or two guys who, who will are the one or two guys you don't want to give up because to me, it's more important to have, to have the pitching than to go through what we did last year and see Vince Velasquez and Jake Arrieta, you know, pitching games that count. So I, I would rather take my chances if I'm the Padres with a strong rotation and hoping that, as you mentioned, I'm getting back one of the best players in baseball here in, you know, five or six weeks. And that he's going to, he's going to boost the offense. Will Myers is going to come back. I can't believe Will Myers is going to be a 550 OPS guy. Yeah. Let's at least give him that. Can we? For the, like, yeah. Right. For the whole season. He's not going to be, he's not going to be that bad. I can't believe as much as I'm not a, a member of the Trent Christian fan club, that he's going to be a 155 hitter uh, for the, for the whole season. Well, I hate so, to say this, because because I basically, uh, you know, Bob Melvin is the first guy I've covered where I'm like, wow. Look, Andy Green was a brilliant baseball man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jay Stinger was put in a situation he shouldn't have been. He's a good baseball guy. will be a coach in, this, in the major leagues for a long time. I covered Terry Collins. Okay, that was early in his career. I covered Bill Russell, who had no business being a manager. Bob <laughs> Melvin is a freaking genius. He's a relationship mm-hmm. genius. He's a baseball genius. So – I, I, I want to make that clear when I say the only reason I'm buying what he's saying about track record and about how our offense is going to be better is it cannot be this bad. Trent Grisham does not hit one, whatever it is. Right, and, you right. know, does not hit 208. You know, like that. It's just I'm sorry. That's not going. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be fire, but it's not this bad. That would be like at, at some point here, I would start looking up historically bad. If, if yeah. that were going to be the case. Well, and, and at the same time, I don't expect Machado and Hosmer, as we've said, to stay this hot for that long either. So those guys have to come around to make you up can't. for the, <laughs> right, the, inevitable, uh, the inevitable fall that's that's going to come, inevitable slumps that's going to come from from those guys. So I, I think, you know, look, it would be great to wave a, a magic wand and, and and make a deal and, and, and trade a guy, trade some pitcher or even two pitchers for a guy that's going to come in and and have an 850 OPS, but I don't know who that guy is, and if he's out there, I don't know that he's, that you know it's still it's still going to be a big gamble whoever you get because you're not going to get you know a proven all star or anything like that, or if you do, it'll be a phony all star like Adam Frazier. Here's uh, the beauty of this thing that we all do, fans, media, you are right to bang the drum for you know an improvement to your team. You are also right to point out that AJ Preller does not have the best trade track record as of mm-hmm. yet. Well, wait a minute. Those are two contradictory things. You're right, like, right. AJ, make a trade to make our team better. AJ, you can't make trades that make our team better. They make our team worse. So yeah. how fun well, is this? This is that's fun. Exactly. That's why I said, and the bottom line is 19 and 10, three games with the crummy Cubs this week. Three more then going on the road to play Atlanta and Philadelphia, who have not been as good as we thought they would be yet. 
and then finishing that trip in San Francisco. Hey, and one thing so, the Padres are getting this year that they didn't last year, and we talked about this, is the Cubs were hot as heck. They were in first place in the Central yeah, when the Padres right. played them last year. Look at them now. The Phillies are supposed to be super hot. I, I don't know. Maybe they're going to implode because of where they play and that mixture right. that they've got. But, you know, maybe the Padres are going to catch them at the right time. The Braves, you know, 14 and 16, I think. Uh, and maybe they're catching these teams at the right time. And that's how it goes. By the way, the Dodgers are what? A game or a half a game better. Or maybe they're still in a virtual tie. I don't know. But they just swept the Cubs. They've played a couple better teams. But they went, yeah. They beat Detroit. They've played Arizona. They've just sure. swept the Cubs. Like, the West has not had to beat up on each other yet. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are, have the same number of wins as the Padres. Yes. Uh, 19, but three fewer That's losses. Right. Kevin, the dreaded 30-minute tone is coming up. We will see three with the Cubs. You will fly across the country. We will talk to you on Friday in Atlanta. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks, everybody.